Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Monday, July the 12th, 2021, and we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works, on page 70, the first paragraph. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Kathy M., 12 Traditions, Sorry, 12 Steps, Betty W., 12 Traditions, Kathy M., and readers of the text, Marge O., Nancy P., and Leon B. The reference number for yesterday, Sunday, July the 11th, the special edition, 17329. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Betty W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Betty. Good morning, Lynn and friends. This is Betty W., a a, a recovered compulsive eater from upstate New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God removed all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Betty W. And Kathy M. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. This is Kathy M. from Michigan, recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to serve, and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Kathy M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter, How It Works. On page 70, the first paragraph, Suppose We Fall Short. Marjo, could you start us off, please? Yes, good morning. May I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Marjo from Massachusetts. Grateful, compulsive overeater, recovered for today. Suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. Does this mean we are going to get drunk? Some people tell us so, but this is only a half-truth. It depends on us and on our motives. If we are sorry for what we have done and have the honest desire to let God take us to better things, we believe we will be forgiven and will have learned our lesson. If we are not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we are quite sure to drink. We are not theorizing. These are the facts of our experience. So we've done a lot of in-depth study here on our sex relations, our sex conduct, 
and our relationship conduct. And I learned so much more than I ever knew about relationships through this book, especially, and through this Visions meeting. And I have written my sex ideal, and it was all about the relationship, not about the physical act. I know all about the physical act, or I know as much as I know. Let's put it like that. So, um, And that's a marvelous part of, of life. However, my attitudes and my intentions were entirely different before program and before doing the in-depth study, step study work that I've done over the years and continue to do because that's the beauty of this meeting is that I continue to learn and understand more and more of what my higher power's intentions are for me. My higher power wants me to be free, wants me to have the freedom of the food, which I'm enjoying right now. He wants me to have a good life and a contented life, which I have 90% of the time. It's not perfect. However, I really believe this is an ominous warning, as there are several in this book. If we're not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we are quite sure to drink, in our case, to eat. Because I believe this. They're not theorizing. We know this for a fact. We being a group, myself, knowing this, knowing it for my own self, and knowing it for and seeing it with others and taking phone calls from others. So a day at a time, I tune in, I listen, I open my ears, and I open my heart. And I've changed my mind about a lot of things because of our studying, because I thought I knew what I needed to know, but I found out I don't. So a day at a time, a reading at a time, a paragraph or two at a time, I learn more and more about this disease and about myself and lean heavier and heavier into and upon my higher power to help me recognize when my intentions are not where my higher power wants to be, that disconnect. I can literally feel it, and I'm grateful for that because I couldn't feel an awful lot for a lot of years. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Marjo. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday of last week, please step back this morning and let others have their turn. And please, Say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Janet Victoria Nancy T. Okay. Out of all of that, I got one name, which was Nancy. Was it Nancy P? Nancy T is in Tom. Thank you. Next okay. Sorry. Thank you. Janet B. Teresa P. Victoria W. Perfect. Thank you, everybody. Let me tell you who I got. I got Nancy T, Nessa R, Janet B, Teresa P, Victoria W, Leah S, and was it Lisa J.R.? 
somebody, Jr. Yes, ma'am. Okay, that's, yes, ma'am. Thank you. That's our lineup. Nancy T, could you start us off, please? Followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Nancy T, recovered compulsive reader. I know in this section of the book we're talking about our sex conduct, but I had a sponsor one time um, that had me do ideals, not just for my sex conduct, but as we've also been talking about all of my relationships. Who do I want to be? Well, who does God want me to be as a sister, as a mother, as a grandmother, as a daughter, as a coworker, as a sponsor, as a sponsee? You know, look at all my relationships in my life. And really, that was probably one of the best things I did at the time because I realized, number one, they're all different. You know, I'm different as a sponsee than I am as an employee, obviously. I'm different as a granddaughter than I am as a mother, not a granddaughter, but you get my point. So I looked at those things, and it wasn't who does Nancy want to be in those things, and that's what I first thought. It's who does God want me to be in those relationships? And in this paragraph, I have to honestly, I have to have an honest desire to let God lead me to those things. Um, just recently, I've been working on my relationship with my sister. I love my sister, but we are completely two different peas in a pod. I tell you what, we could not be more different. And because of that, sometimes she'll rub me the wrong way. And I realized, well, my sponsor realized she was coming up on my inventory, my evening review, um, several times that I was irritated or resentful or something that she'd done. So you know, we took a look at the sick man's prayer, and you know, things change when I'm asking God to remove my defects of character and show me what he would have me to be in that relationship. And you know, it's just kind of amazing when all of a sudden I'm not quite as resentful or irritated when she says something that I don't agree with. And this is how it can be in all my relationships as long as, number one, I'm honest, and number two, I seek God's direction, not Nancy's direction. And I like the 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 last two sentences, they're not theorizing about this. If I don't live my life this way, I will eat again. And it says, these are the facts of our experience. Well, they're my experience too. I went that road more often than I would care to um, admit. And I don't care to go back there today. So for today, I'm going to keep seeking God's direction in all my affairs and all my relationships. And if I do the best I can do with where he guides, I know that um, I'm going to be okay. So thank you for allowing me to share, and I look forward to hearing the others. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy T. Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Janet B. Please go ahead, Nessa. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for you. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Uh, falling short of this ideal. This is why I love this program. Um, it was very geniusly designed um, because recovery does not turn me into an angel and I'm going to make mistakes. And those mistakes are going to block me from God. And that blockage can lead me into the food. But this program gives me a mechanism to deal with those uh, mistakes, which are expected. It's not if I make mistakes, it's when I make mistakes. You know, it says um, in Chapter 5, uh, the beginning, it says we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. And I know that in some meetings, you know, that has turned into a, a slogan, into a shortened slogan that says progress, not perfection. And I also know that a lot of people 
apply that to the food, you know, that it's okay if the food is not perfect, that if the food is sloppy, that the food is, you know, almost abstinent or, you know, um, something like that. That's not what this says at all. It says spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. So as long as I'm moving in the right direction and I am using, you know, the principles that I have learned to work in the steps, I'm going to be okay. This is why, you know, I have step 10. You know, in the original um, six tenets of the Oxford groups, there was no step 10. You know, there was an inventory, there was um, amends, and that was that. So what happened to new blockages? I mean, steps four to nine clear the old blockages. What happens when new ones do arise? And this is like why I love it, because I have a mechanism. I have step 10. I don't have to beat myself up um, because, um, because I falter. You know, I don't have to consider myself, you know, the scum of the earth because I will never get it or how come I haven't got it. It is implied and assumed in the construction of the steps that this is going to happen. And when it happens, um, I stand up, I dust myself off, and I continue going because step 10 enables me to do that. So, um, you know, I, I falter many times. I do lots of step 10 during the day, during the week. Um, anyone who doesn't, I think, is probably just uh, sweeping things under the rug that can lead one into the food. And for today, I choose not to do that. I like what I got. Um, I love this program. I love my life. And especially the perfection is not demanded of me only that I make progress. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Janet B., it's your turn, followed by Teresa P. Welcome, Janet. Hi, good morning. It's Janet B., recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia in New Jersey. So a lot of times I'll hear people say, well, I ate compulsively, so I have to go back to step one. Um, so what they're really saying is any time I eat compulsively, it's because I don't realize I'm powerless over food. Well, I'll tell you, I spent at least five years knowing I was powerless over food and my life was unmanageable and not getting one bit better. So here they're saying that here's a person who could have legit gone through the first four steps and, or more and they binge. And how come? Because if we're binging, it's not only or not necessarily because we haven't taken a first step, but there's lots of other reasons this big book tells us. There's lots of um, landmines where we can binge. And one of them, and remember, the page before says we treat sex like any other problem. So if we hurt others and we're not sorry and we continue to do it, we're going to binge. That's not a step one problem. Um, that's really, you know, a, actually it's a, really a step 12 problem, right? Practice these principles in all our affairs. But it's not a step one problem. I don't need to go back to step one and say, oh, I'm powerless over food. What I have to do is look at what conduct was I doing? How did it hurt others? I go to God. I go to another person and confess what I did wrong, ask God to remove my defects, and make the amends, and then I redouble my spiritual activity. That's it. I get back on the horse where I fell off. And the other thing I think is just so gorgeous about this paragraph is it says, if we're sorry and have the honest desire to let God take us to better things, not a desire to do better, 
but to let God take me. If I were only to rely on myself, I'd be anxious all the time because my best efforts could never do it. But yet it also tells me I have to make amends and be sorry. So if I relied 100% on God, I'd like lose all initiative and be lazy. So this program tells me I need to have initiative to do my part, but the blessed, wonderful assurance that God will do his. And if I desire him to help me and change me and take me to a better way of life, he 100% will do that. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janet B. Teresa P., it's your turn, followed by Victoria W. Good morning, Teresa. Hi, I'm Teresa P., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from California. And I'm really grateful for this uh, passage this morning. And suppose we fall short. Well, there's no supposing in my department. Uh, I fall short all day long. And what a relief to know that I don't have to try to hide it like, you know, nobody knows, because everybody notices. Uh, And, you know, that's part of being human. And that's what I love about the steps, especially the 10th step, because all I need to do is do a 10th step, you know, and recognize one more time where I fall short because I'm human and that's what I do. And I get to remember that, you know, God's in charge and God makes miracles out of my messes. And I've had a had a challenge come up in, in my life. Uh, yesterday, um, I was had texted my older daughter and uh, texted back that she was, she texted back that she was in, she called it the ED. I don't know what that was. I think she was in the ER personally. Uh, she's getting a CT scan. She's got this um, infection going on in where her surgery port was for the breast cancer and all that stuff. And, you know, and I'm not, I'm just like going, Oh my gosh, what do I do? And, uh, I got to pray and, uh, I got to, to, to listen to what she said. I actually didn't know much of what was going on. I have to call my other daughter, got just texted, gets more information. And what I get to do is pray and, you know, I want to like race off and what can I do to fix it? And, my daughter, the one that's in, in the ER, said, uh, no, she wants us, my husband and I, to take care of ourselves. We're older, you know, uncompromised and all. And so I get to listen to her wishes. What a thought. And, you know, it's always about keep turning it over, keep turning it over, keep uh, doing the 10 steps, keep asking God what's the next right thing. And then, you know, I hear, you know, I, I listen to recovered people, do meetings, you know, pray, and the right answers get revealed. I'm not God, and God will, uh, you know, uh, let me know when he wants to act. And I get to honor my 50-year-old daughter's wishes, who also happened to be a doctor, and honor her wishes. It's her life. She gets to live it her way. And, you know, and I get to pray for her, and I get to love my husband because, you know, he's, he's uh, very hurt and scared, too. And I can just hug him and pray with him. And love him. That's all I can do. You know, I'm not God. I'm just me, people. And you know, you know, loving mother. And it, you know, do one step at a time. And thank God for the ten step. And thank God for program. And thank God that God is in charge. So thank you for letting me share my path. I appreciate any prayers you want to send my daughter's way. Thank you. 
Thank you, Teresa P. Victoria W., it's your turn, followed by Leah S. Welcome, Victoria. Hi there. This is Victoria W. Good morning. I am a recovered compulsive overeater on the listserv in Texas. Um, right now I'm in between cities, so that will be updated as soon as as soon as God reveals that to me. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm so blessed to be starting my week out like this with you all. Um, this is just amazing. But what I what I heard when reading this paragraph, I was reminded of when I learned um, as a young girl that forgiveness was a central theme um, in the religion of my childhood. And I remember my mom asking me, did you tell a lie? And I said, Good morning. I said, um, I I mean, I did, but, but God will just forgive me, right? And my mom said, no, not if you use it that way. And I'm not here to debate whether that was a good strategy or not, you know, for parenting, but it makes me think of these, you know, how I was before this program was, when was I sorry? I wasn't sorry for my behavior. I was sorry I got caught. I was sorry somebody found out I was lying. I was sorry it came out that I had gossiped about someone else. I was sorry that people were viewing me negatively. Um, And now I can be sorry for my actions before anybody even knows what I've done because it's not about my public image. It's not about my pride. It's about wanting to grow towards the ideals that I believe um, God would have me grow towards. And it's something that was reflected to me in this paragraph, right? Because if I'm not sorry about my behavior, if I don't want to change, I know I can't change on my own. I need God to do that. But if I don't want to change, then, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm just trying to manipulate. I'm just trying to um, force the actors and the script to go my way again. Um, So that was something I was reminded of that when we were reading this, that sort of funny story from my childhood where I said, well, I'll just, I'll just do this. And then I'll just ask for forgiveness later. My mom said, oh, no, it won't work if you do it that way. (laughs) But um, it reminds me now that, you know, I love that we have these tools to clean up the past, but if I operate as, oh, I could just always do a 10-step if I hurt this person's feelings, or oh, I could just always, like, you know, try to make it up by helping other people later. It's like, no, that's not the point. The point is to try and grow towards the ideals that God would have me be. Um, And one, because I want to, right, I've been blessed with that, but also because I have to, because I'm sick and I need this every day. Just like I take my eight pills a day, just like every time I leave my house, I take my blood sugar monitor and my insulin with me and stuff like that. It's like, I got to take this program everywhere I go. Um, thanks for letting me share that. And I hope everybody has a great week. I'll pass. Thank you, Victoria W. Leah S., it's your turn, followed by Lisa J.R. Please go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much, Lynn. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah S., recovered and very grateful Uh, presently in upstate New York. So, oh my goodness, we're going through the rough of it. This is the fourth step, and, uh, and, uh, you know, when I got to the the last part, we can't hear you, Leah, please press star one. Hey, one of my challenges. <laughs> okay, am I being heard now? Yes, thank you. Okay, I was talking away. Um, 
Okay, so so basically, this is examining myself with the rough part about fourth step and um, embracing who is Leia, what is Leia, and what is my true motive, what is what is really um, what I want out of all of this. I actually want healthy boundaries. I want to surrender myself completely. I don't want to control the outcome of what is going to happen or how I'm going to be or not going to be. I need help of my higher power. I honestly need help. And um, when I start taking that responsibility of the help and hope that I will get of my higher power, then a new thinking and a new kind of behavior will will enter my mind. That is the recovery. This is the recovery so that I do reach those healthy boundaries and I do not um, uh, uh, take responsibility for what is going to happen or what is not going to happen. Be, the, be, the, be the, uh, the angel that predicts or, or, or doesn't. You know, it's, it's, it's all about leaving it up to God but honestly trying to change my behavior because I'm embracing what I was up until now. And this is, yes, a paragraph of warning that if I don't, if I don't start changing little things at, at a time, then, then it's not about recovery. Then it's only about uh, pain and, and, and staying in that pain. And we can get out of that pain. We really can. We just have to work at it and keep on with it. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah S. And Lisa J.R., it's your turn. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. And thank you for your um, steady and beautiful service. And good morning, everybody. Lisa J.R. from outside Baltimore. Um, so grateful to be here this morning, and I say ditto that to everything everybody shared earlier. Um, when I came into program, I didn't have any, um, my ideals were so warped, but, you know, if from early on in life, they were warped. So I didn't really know a healthy ideal because selfishness, the root of my problems, got in the way of even viewing anything healthy. Um, I had my own agenda from very early in life. You know, I had the genesis of my problems really started in the sandbox. Um, me, me, me. So, you know, even my food plan when I came into this program, um, you know, I, if I, until I began to look at it as an ideal for me, myself, um, I love that term, ideal. Uh, I, I was I was resistant because it was a boundary to me. It was a it was something restrictive. So yeah, it, this program has helped me grow up. And um, as somebody shared earlier, being able to make an ideal um, for myself keeps me safe. I not only have a sex ideal, I have an ideal about what kind of a sponsor I'm going to be. I have an ideal about what I'm going to, the boundaries I'm going to make that are going to keep me safe. Uh, boundaries are no longer dirty words to me <laughs> like they were before. Um, and everywhere in this, in this part of the book where it says ask, that can become a prayer. Um, and 
this is how I learned that God, my father, um, is, is my, is my true dad, my, my biological agent, my father. Yeah. My parents did it the best they could, but the ideals that I formed in childhood were, were all warped. So, um, I just want to thank you all for helping me grow up at the age of 60 and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lisa J.R. And just a reminder for those of us who may have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we're continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works. And we're on page 70, the first paragraph, Suppose We Fall Short. And the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday last week, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Rita Q. Barbara S. Rita Q. Out of all of that, all I got was Barbara S. I'm sorry. Could we try again, please? Rita Q. So there's Loretta Lisa H. somebody. Loretta. Rita. Was that Rita? Yes, Rita Q for Quebec. Oh, Rita Q. Okay, got it. Got it. Thank you. So I have Barbara S, Loretta H, Rika Q, and Phil M. Did I miss anybody? Sonia A. Okay. All right. Here's our lineup then, and thank you everybody for your patience with me. Barbara S, Loretta H, Rika Q. Phil M. and Sonia A. Good morning, Barbara. Hi, could you hear me? Yes, thank you. Okay, uh, this is Barbara from New York. Um, grateful, very grateful to wake up in time for this meeting. Um, hearing everybody and reading this paragraph reminds me that for years I just I'm changing now. The last few years, it happens, it gets better every day, that I always felt I was the victim. I'm acting nice to people. I'm being nice to them so they like me. Now I'm hearing other people and their feelings. My younger son, younger, he's over 50, but I, I said I'm sorry to him about something. And he says, you always say you're sorry, and then you do it again. Well, I don't do it anymore. I don't criticize. I listen to people, and I'm able, slowly but surely, I'm able to see how other people feel. And I'm, it, it's, I'm seeing that God loves me. I never thought of that. I, I thought that I'm bad. Subconsciously, I thought of it as a child because I was told if you're good, God will be good to you. If you're bad, God will punish you. And there are things that happened when I was very young. 
that were tragic, and I felt that um, I was bad, so God punished me. And I wasn't bad. Now, um, it's just like a blessing to get up, listen to other people, know that other people are loving and want love. And it's not only me, 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 me. And uh, the reminder, hearing people talking about step 10, I haven't turned over enough step 10s. I thought of it like, oh, that happened. I'll do a step 10. I'll turn it over to somebody. I'll text somebody and then they won't get back to me immediately. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, that step 10 that I didn't turn over, does pop up again because there is a pattern. When I did the fourth step, I saw a pattern. It was the same type of people that were bothering me. But it was me. It was my reaction. And this is what this program has done. And it's I'm smiling. I don't smile enough lately. And I'm also laughing because... When I pray and I say God, for some reason I feel sad, like I'm holding in a cry because finally, finally, I don't feel like I'm a bad person. I feel like I'm a child of God and anything that has happened has happened. It's the past and um, I just feel blessed this morning and I'm very thankful to hear everybody. and. Um, Thankful for program, I pass. Thank you, Barbara S. Loretta H., it's your turn, followed by Rika Q. Good morning, Loretta. Good morning, Lynn, and I'm sorry I cut in on you, and then I just lost the meeting. God is good. Anyway, Loretta H., compulsive overeater. Grace with God's absence for today, recovered for today, and I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and everybody on the line who shared today and who's here, uh, I, you've saved my life. Uh, um, this sex idea is very interesting, um, and as I've shared, I've been married a very long time, and I really didn't think that I even needed to use that um, part of the four step, but thank you, God, I have. And it has really, really saved my marriage, but also saved me from doing things that I did unconsciously because I've been married so long that I figure it didn't affect our relationship. And one of the things is um, not paying attention to my husband or, and not even with sex, but just everything. You know, he could say that he robbed the bank and I go, oh, that's great, honey, whatever. And this ideal has made me really, really listen. And um, I have a date with God every day and I do try to make dates throughout the day with my husband so I can be present. And um, first, of course, I get this relationship with God, then I get it with myself, and then I, of course, get to have it with others. But it says, if we fall short, and on page 83, and I I have this recorded, there's a long period of reconstruction ahead, but we must take the lead. And that is what I have to remember, that I need to be present no matter how 
um, I don't want to use the word boring my life just because it's not. God has graced me with so much. But, you know, it's just everyday things. But I have to be present, especially to him, because he is, you know, he, he loves me and I love him. And the way to show my love is to change. And um, yesterday it was so interesting because I um, do not like sports at all. But I made it an effort to sit and watch this. He, he's a big Notre Dame fan. I mean, he lives, eats, and he's driven by them. Anyway, so it was talking about their new recruiting and what they're doing for next year. And it's so interesting about how they recruit because, of course, they're a spiritual school. So they do – anyway, long story short, the commentator was talking the 12 steps in the way he proceeds with his recruiting and, you know, all the things that I have to do in that reconstruction. And with that, I pass. God is so good. So thank you, everyone. And I pass. Thank you, Loretta H. Rika Q, it's your turn, followed by Phil M. Please go ahead, Rika. Oh, hi. May I be be heard? Yes, thank you. Thanks. My name is Rita Q. I'm a recovering compulsive reader living in Manchester in the UK. Um, I love this paragraph. Uh, I have actually written beside it in my book, Will I Binge? No, not necessarily. I fall short every day when I get up, you know, because I'm not God. And, and so I'm there for I'm not perfect. And, you know, I love that line. It depends on us and our motives. And I always have to think about that, especially if I want to gossip, for example, or I want to just act out on one of my um, character defects. I think, what's your motive for doing this? What's your motive for telling that person? And um, my favorite line, you know, here again, is if we are sorry for what we've done and have the honest desire to let God take us to better things, we believe we will be forgiven and have learned our lesson. That's humility for me. I, I have got. I really want to be the best version of myself that I can be, and I can only do that with God's help because I cannot do it alone. Because self will run riot for me is just insane. I, you know, my life was on paper and from the outside great, but my motives for doing things were always self-seeking, ego, pride. It was always something behind it. But now. I do it from a heart with service in particular. I do it from my heart. Some days I grumble. Some days I resent. That's what step 10s are for. That's what outreach is for. You know, that's what my writing's for. You know, I have a code of conduct now to live by. And when I fall short of that, you know, I just, I go back to God. I have to go back to God hundreds of times a day because he's the only person really for me that can direct me to be the best version, like I said, that I could be. And, you know, it's the truly sorry thing. If we are sorry for what we have done, you know, some days you can say, I used to be able to say sorry, and then the resentment was still there. Sorry, the anger was still there. Sorry, but now the sorry is a sorry. It's my word, and it, but it, that comes from God, not me, because um left to my own devices, as I said. <laughs> it's not very pretty. So I'm just delighted uh, to be here, delighted for everybody um, who shared, and thank you so much for all your service. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rika Q. Bill M., it's your turn, followed by Sonia A. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service. 
my name is Phil M and I'm a gratefully recovered um, compulsive overeater living in Northern Ireland, Carrick Fergus. And today is kind of a special day here. It's the 12th of July. Um, and this really spoke to me. If I have the honest desire to let God take me to better things, we believe we will be forgiven and will have learned our lesson. So I realized today there's a little band coming up here um, and uh, there's there's a bit of fear attached because of my background. <clears throat> I was brought up Catholic and I go to a Protestant church. Sorry to mention these things, sorry, but it's just, just that it's embracing both. So I can't continue to indulge in fear um, as fear really has nothing to do with love. It is closer to hate. One time I heard the best we can hope for um, in this part of the world is to become, is to be a recovering bigot. Um, now, when I uh, use my step four um, and I find that I have a tough resentment, I will pray for 14 days. And I do ask that my heart be softened towards them and that I see them as God sees them. And today I went to my room, opened up the blinds wide. And as the people went past, I prayed that I, um, you know, my heart be softened towards them and that I see the men and women as God saw them. And one woman delightfully waved in at me with a lovely big smile and I did the same back. Now, there's still residual work to do there and I will be working on the step 10 there um, for sure, you know. Um, the three homes were attacked this week, um, Catholic homes, and my Protestant minister prayed that God forgive us and he was brave to do that and I do pray that God forgives me uh, for my hatred or fear because it may not see it as conduct but it attitudes I think create energy and create filters as well um, so I I do I do trust that God will forgive me and that she is leading me to love myself love others and everyone better and that she adores me just exactly where I am now perfectly imperfect so with that I thank you for being part of this journey and I thank you for your patience if I if I if I said anything out of place um perfectly imperfect as I say I passed thank you thank you Phil M Sonia A it's your turn good morning Sonia Hi, good morning. Thank you. This is Sonia, recovered and abstinent by the grace of God today here uh, just outside of Boston. So grateful to be here. So suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it's a one day at a time program for me and I am constantly needing to practice 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 this is the great gift of this program for me is that um, it talks over and over again in the book that we're going to make mistakes we're going to fall we're going to stumble and the 10th step is a miracle and it's a miracle um, I'm back from um, been in the program for six years and and recovered by the grace of God today but you know I realized in doing the steps again this time through vision that I really um, I dropped the thread as if knitting, and one of my threads dropped was really, really being rigorous with a tenth step. Um, and um, 
I have that awakening and awareness today. And so I love this paragraph, how it says it depends on me and my motives. It depends on us and our motives. And so I can say, you know, I fell short, um, but it depends on me and my motives. Today, I want to recover. I am committed to recovering. I surrender my life completely to God. Um, and all I have is today to practice. And I, I love, I read many years ago, repetition is the only form of permanence that we can achieve as humans, just like nature. Um, nature repeats and, and repetition is the only form of permanence that I can, I can um, achieve. And so I must rinse and repeat. So I love also ideals being thought of as boundaries. That's extremely uh, valuable uh, for me to take in, digest, process. I too struggle with, um, it's fascinating putting boundaries the moment I put a boundary on myself, it's like I want to like there's just this this wants to just reject and and push back and um, I'm really clear that I didn't get that when I needed it at a very formative time in my life, and so now I let God reparent me. This program is teaching me how to really grow up and God is my mother, my father, my one that is really my true parent and I am being reparented and I'm getting those boundaries in a new way, in a new clean, clear way where it's an ideal that I get to strive towards and it makes me feel so good and I'm just going to keep remembering and being reminded again, it's the repetition of the thought that boundaries actually feel good and boundaries around my food plan and boundaries around doing the 10th step and taking that extra time at night. Those are just the, the gifts. Um, and I get to be the, the woman that God would have me be um, when I live into that. And so I just ask today, and I hear that, thank you so much, as I do hold um, a bit of a frustration around uh, my partner, I just ask here with everyone, please take, please bless him and change me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sonia A. We have time for two more shares. Who would like that time, please? Lassa O. Anyone else? Claire E. from the UK. Perfect. Thank you. Vasa O., please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Lynn, for your service. I'm Vasa, grateful recovered compulsive Ovida, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I just love to listen now. Years ago, I, I could not wait to get to, to, to share but lately, it seems just listen and listen. I'm just getting so much feedback and wisdom from everybody else. But anyways, um, I have been <clears throat> growing up gradually in this program. This is a, a gift from God for me and for all of us as I hear you share. It is a gift. I don't know where I would be if I was not let into over it as anonymous and given the big book. And the 12 steps. It saved my life. I was saved from myself. But anyways, um, this was the sex part. And I remember, well, this is the last part of the step four. And I remember saying, well, I have nothing to share about sex because I did not have, uh, we did not, my husband and I were virgin when we got married. So I felt like, well, 
I didn't have to go there. Well, you know, and there's a reason which it's a lot. It's lost because I had there was a lot of hang-ups that I had around sex, you know. And uh, I remember doing this part with my sponsor and doing the questions. We, we reviewed our own conducts over the years. Where had we been selfish, dishonest, or inconsiderate? Whom had we hurt? Did we unjustify our jealousy, suspicions, or bitterness? Where we were at fault? What should we have done instead? We get this down on piece of paper. And this had nothing to do with our relationships, you know, in my other life. Well, yes, I realized I had, um, you know, um, other, you know, I had to work on my other things, but I needed to really work on this. Well, you know, I always craved attention from men, you know, as a young, you know, teenager and stuff. And especially since I came in recovery, I lost the weight. And I I was looking. I'd been married for 20, and I am still married to the same same, um, person. Thank you, Jesus. But I was uh, taking inventory of my my behaviors, and uh, I was looking for love and attention outside from my marriage. I had lost the weight. I have this wonderful body now. I was being, I was getting a lot of attention from men, and um, I. So it says here. Uh, Time, so, please. Um, I can give you. Can I give you give you my whole life story? But I was so grateful. I have worked through this part, and how selfish I was in this area. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, boss. Oh, Claire E., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Claire. Thank you so much. My name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Cornwall in the UK. And um, I'm just frantically calculating when I last shared, so I apologise if I've miscalculated. And I promise I'll be quiet for the rest of the week. Um, I just felt really moved to share on this part um, as, uh, yeah, this, this, this idea isn't falling short of them. And um, I'm constantly doing that, as, as has been shared. And I love what's been shared about boundaries. But what really struck me when people are sharing today, for me, is that I can't even apply boundaries. I'm powerless. If I could put boundaries down around my food, around my relationships, around my ideals, I do that unaided. Um, so for me, you know, again, that self-reliance, I can't even apply boundaries. Um, I have to have God mold my ideals and help me to live up to them because that's the only way that I can live up anywhere close to where I'd like to be as a human being in this program. Um, so, yeah, I just really wanted to share that, I suppose. And, and um, you know, I, I, I definitely, <laughs> my ideals around food, I mean, I had ideals when I was in the food and I couldn't live up to them however much I tried. And um, thank God, you know, for me, that has been relieved now. I very rarely think about food. I'm able to live up to ideals around food. I'm able to stick to a food plan I never thought possible. Um, but I fall short on many other fronts and I mean this weekend I really lost it with my husband Um, I've written out relationship ideals definitely the behaviour that I had on display this weekend is nowhere near my ideals and it took me a full four or five hours to be willing to sit down and do a step 10 on it because I was fully in the self-righteous anger so I fall short many times and I love the bit here where we question our motives you know and at the end of the day I know four hours later that if I don't sit down and work through that and look at what my behavior is and ask God in 
um, then I will overeat again. You know, that's 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 where my motives come in. And thank God, you know, thank God, <laughs> after four hours, I was willing to sit down and do exactly that and, and you know, able to make amends for my part, able to, you know, apologise and, and see how my behaviour affects other people. And hey, presto, we're back, you know, asking God in and, and living up far more really- to where I'd like to be on those ideals. Thank you, I'll leave it there. And um, thanks very much for listening. Thank you, Claire E. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Monday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for Sunday, July the 11th, the special edition, is 17329. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Nancy P., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Press star one. Hi, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. Thank you. Good morning, and thank you. Um, I was busy getting out my newcomer list, so I could write that down. Sorry, I jumped the gun. Um, uh, Nancy P. recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts, right next to Boston. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize, <clears throat> excuse me, we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning at meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.